now he's gonna be catching the modern times wave. Brewdog keeps the con and confidential. Let's meet the godfather of light beer. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's, um, hold on. Welcome to It's something. It has something to do with a beverage of some kind. What do I have here? It smells like pretension and pine, looks like a glass full of murky bile, tastes like a promise of tomorrow, but stacked with the uh, with the bad decisions of today. Oh, beer. Yes. Welcome to It's All Beer. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. Honestly, I thought you were just kept fucking up the intro and I was like, God damn, this is going to be a long episode. And then I was like, wait, no, he's purposely doing that. So for those of you that don't know, Jeremy does that a lot and then he just edits it out. I mean, I, I do edit some of our fuck-ups uh, out. Not all of them, as, you know, if you've listened to this podcast, you're probably aware um, of the, like, the long, awkward pauses and, you know, the weird side notes. You're like, did they mean to leave that in? The, prob- the answer is probably no, but, um, but uh, hey, how are you doing, Tyler? Oh, I'm good. What, what'd you bring us today? Uh, so we're starting with the Sippin' Lemonade from Odell. I saw this come out. I was, after Sippin' Tropical, I was a little bit wary. You know... I was like, if they can do justice to, like, a crisp lemonade with a little bit of tartness, this thing will go down like a fat kid on a seesaw in summer. <laughs> I mean, it is very refreshing. Moderately tart. I mean, lemony, but... I want more lemon. But that's... I, I'm running into the same problem with this beer that I had with Sippin' Tropical. Which was, it's nice, it's clean... It's vaguely tropical, but it was it's just nothing. It's just, just well, I, I get some lemon. I want more lemon. If you're gonna say sipping lemonade, I want like fuck, what's that like shitty powdered lemonade? Country time lemonade. Country time to call you and be like, How'd you get that good of flavor? <laughs> There's never been anything close to a lemon in it. But it's solid. Except except great on a warm day. I mean it's, you know what? It's a, it's a perfect beer to buy a six pack of at a grocery store if you're going out on a boat. But as far as like a, a sour, there was better ones. Yeah, well, I feel the sipping pretty. The whole sipping series is not made to be just like an exploration into sour. It's a Berliner Weiss that's approachable. I mean, I, I understand we're not that, that. This is made to appeal to mass markets, not you on your fucking pretentious high horse, Jeremy. But I like my pretentious high horse. I can look down at the people from there. Um, <laughs> but that's how I view. Uh, that's how I like. I can't sell this to my customers. They're they're pretentious assholes too. Mm, I used to work in that same <laughs> shop with you. Semi. Hi guys, how you doing? <laughs> You're like Jeremy's an asshole. Uh, then you get the random guy that stumbles in, looks around, lost, and goes, "Do you guys sell Bud Light?" <laughs> that that guy does come in every once in a while, and he's often disappointed. Um, well, Tyler, should we get into it? Yeah. Um. So, gonna kind of jump into the latest update on modern times. You want to give a quick rundown of modern times fall from grace? <laughs> Let's see, a quick rundown. Um, let's see. Uh, they were good. They decided to expand a lot. Um, they got less good. Um, sexual started, harassment. Sexual harassment. Started losing money. Uh, collapsed. Uh, went into receivership and are and is being sold. That's like the shortest version of that story. Bing said, get. we're selling you. Yeah. Um, but if you want the longer version of that story, check out well, pretty much every episode we've done for the past 
year. This this one has been this one's been almost a a, a regular feature for about a year now. And I had said AB was going to come back out of their hiatus of buying a brewery. You were hoping. It. You were hoping. I don't think if you were honestly thought that was going to happen, then I I was about fifty fifty on whether it really? was actually going to happen. You thought the the chances were that good that uh, that AB and Bev would come out and say, "Ah, oh, hell, we'll get that one too." Well, I was thinking they were going to pull the CBA and be like, "We might be able to get that for a bargain basement price." <laughs> and they're like the middle class white woman. They're like, "It's on sale. Might as well buy two. <laughs> I they, am I wrong? Yeah, you're no Tyler. You're not wrong. You're just an <laughs> asshole. But no, I I, I just don't. They they have shown zero interest in, in in acquiring anybody since the Craft Brew Alliance. And the Craft Brew Alliance was just because, well, we might as well because they are on sale. Yeah. I mean, an efficient analogy, which I'm sure this will hit home great with you. Sarcasm. I'm going to uh, punch you right in the dick. <laughs> it's like when you throw out a lure right in front of a bass. The bass isn't hungry, but it's just in their nature. If it's a great deal right in front of their face, they're going to take it. That's AB InBev. So AB InBev's a fish. Yeah. Okay. That that t- totally hit with me. <laughs> Listen, f- fish appear on supermarket shelves, and then people go, "Why is that there? They should be in like the cooler or something." And it's smelling. It's really bad. <laughs> well, uh, there is a stocking horse now uh, in the whole modern times saga, uh, which is Maui Brewing Company, and. I thought about buying some Maui Brewing Company beer so we could have while discussing this. And then really the only thing I could find on the shelves here was coconut porter. And I was like, I don't want a coconut porter when it's 90 degrees outside. That seems like a great time for a coconut porter. It's yeah. coconutty. Yeah. I'm not a coconut porter fan. Okay. What's wrong with you? Anyway. Uh, but this whole announcement really just kind of redrove home to me the... Soapbox we've been standing on of how do you get across no man's land? Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. The good news is is that um, that this eliminates the worst case scenario for modern times, which was that sold at auction and employee stockholders get fucked. Not even that. I mean, just I mean, sold for scrap, sold for yeah. the sold for the tanks, the building, the the countertops, you know, fire sale time. So that modern times is going to exist. Uh, in some form or another. Pending this deal goes through. Pending this deal going through, correct. But Which, if they're releasing this, they're going to do everything in their power to try to make sure it goes through. But but your point is well-founded. Uh, actually, C, uh, CEO Jennifer Briggs uh, of Modern Times said that there have been other companies doing their due diligence on this deal. Oh, so, really? So um, she, um, she said that she expects there to be other bids. So... Uh, Maui Brewing Company, just for a little bit of record to kind of reinforce the no man's land. 43rd largest craft brewing company by production volume in 2021. So right there coming up on that it's, edge and they're, they're, they're peeking out of that. They're peeking out of that trench. trench. Going. Okay. Developing the plan and the plan is run real fast and grab modern times. <laughs> That's, that is laying flopping in the middle of the field right now, <laughs> bleeding out. Grab the booster they got on them and keep running. Uh, I'll help you, little buddy. <laughs> but 
Uh, one thing I did kind of find funny from the article I found from San Diego Beer News, uh, they're running into a lot of production constraints at Maui uh, based on a huge increase of demand for their Bikini Blonde and their Pog Hard Seltzer. Uh, they reached reached a deal with Colorado Sleeping Giant Brewing uh, to do contract brewing. And if I remember correctly, that's who used to do some of the contract brewing for... What was Guns and Oils now? Western Collective. God, I didn't know that. I'm wouldn't surprise. I'm me, about seventy percent but... sure it was Sleeping Giant. Uh, ben, I know you're listening to this. Uh, let us know if I was right or wrong, uh, and we'll update it on the next episode. Excellent. That's that's how we roll. You tell us whether we're right, and then we'll you know sort it out later. <laughs> uh, but this would uh, provide. You know, a long-term solution to their production constraints by adding that extra capacity, and it gives them tap rooms in their second biggest market of California. Uh, and the good news, I mean, should it if Maui does win the 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 bid, uh, Maui has shown some interest in maintaining the brand itself. Uh, Maui's chief operating officer said about the brand, "quote." We don't simply want some intellectual property and stainless steel. The issues they've gone through notwithstanding, I do think it's a very beloved brand and we want to maintain that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the next question is about the staff at the four Modern Times Tap Room uh, that are still in operations. Um, the question that the uh, that uh, um, um, the chief operating officer, uh, 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 he was a little bit more dodgy on that point, uh, and it's well taken. He was quoted as saying... Uh, on Good Beer Hunting, quote, Certainly we want to preserve as much of that as possible. Frankly, they wouldn't be in this position if they had a more sustainable workforce. Ooh! Way to be cutthroat, bro! I I like it! I mean, he's not... It's it's one of those... That quote right there just made me, like, wish I would have bought some Maui Brewing Company (laughs) beer. To be completely honest. Really? That's what, like, listen. I'm gonna... Listen. Your beer's (laughs) mediocre... But if you're going to be ruthless, <laughs> I can support it. It's not the quality of the beer. It's just how big of an asshole you are that gives Tyler a bit of a hard on. Just, you know, like, ooh, that, it, tastes, it tastes like the tears of employees who lost their job. Mm. Well, there's a saying. My buddy used to coach, like, middle school lacrosse, and he'd look at the kids and be like, quit or get better. <laughs> Essentially, everything in life boils down to quit or get better. As the, Those are your two choices. As the kid who would have been on the receiving end of that uh, of that sentiment, <laughs> fuck you, but you're not wrong. <laughs> also, uh, the CEO of Maui uh, is actually from San Diego, so he's kind of looking forward to this purchase going through, gives him a little more time back in his hometown, and kind of almost cement some legacy for him of owning a piece of San Diego, um, which he seems actually super excited to be involved if the deal goes through in day-to-day operations with the two companies bouncing back and forth. And he said, and I quote, I'm kind of a road warrior. I look forward to being a part of both day-to-day operations. Um, the sale is, uh, as the, the auctions going on. In fact, I was, I was, as I was scrolling through Twitter at some point in time, there was a, a, a it, there was a, something from Brewbound, uh, on the auction happening. There's something on the auction happening live on Brewbound. I was, I didn't have much time to sit there and listen, but, um, the sale's set to go down in June. 
And mm-hmm. so we'll keep you posted as to how this develops. Yep. Uh, outside of that, really don't have a ton of other details. Uh, so who knows? We could at the end of June be like, well, now we fucked up and this brewery got it. <laughs> but Maui'd be a good fit, so let's hope for the best. Jeremy, what do we got next? Uh, it's time for the BrewDog Fuck Up of the Week report. Uh, this week's Sponsored by BrewDog. Actually, it's sponsored by Snickers. Because at one moment, you're taking a, taking a world-famous brewery, heading toward a billion-dollar IPO, and the next, catering, uh, cratering it all to flush out imaginary conspiracy because you missed lunch. Because you're not you when you're hungry. Snickers. <laughs> that was probably the best, like... Little tangent one-liner you've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. In a hundred and what, five episodes? 103, 102, I forget. I think we're at 102. 100 plus episodes. Uh, So, nice job. Thank you. And I still wish we could short the shit out of their IPO. Because <laughs> I would hold that position with diamond fucking hands. Uh, Tyler, let's say you're running a brewery with a global presence and an impeccable reputation, but it comes out that your company culture might be fostering an attitude of discrimination. Do you A, apologize, hire a bunch of consultants and make everybody watch sensitivity videos until they pray for the sweet release of death? Do you B, ignore it, drive toward a billion dollar IPO, collect your money and live the rest of your life underneath a pile of models and blow? Or do you C, uh, hire hire a, a consulting firm and then arrange a league so you can gain information about your employees so you can strike back at the, at the mass conspiracy that has formed because they are all jealous of you and your awesomeness. I mean, B sounds good because the models and blow part. Uh, probably would go with A, take the AB InBev approach. And I actually have something real fun that I'm going to tie up that I sent to you a couple months ago and forgot about. Uh, where there was a guy on Twitter that basically said AB InBev is a true craft brewery. I think I remember that. And so at the end, when we wrap up, I'm going to bring that up. But I would go with A because I'd take the corporate America ploy to hopefully reach the B outcome where I could cash out and live with models and blow. <laughs> I mean, Specifically on a yacht. I'm just you're you're really just hammering away the kind of the the listen I'm an asshole and that's that's how I live my life it's more of a lifestyle your lifestyle brand and your <laughs> lifestyle is assholeism <laughs> it is a lifestyle brand Jeremy however if you answered C congratulations you too have what it takes to burn a lifetime worth of work to the ground then have a tinkle on the smoldering ashes uh, this all the while <laughs> your business partner's going <laughs> your business partner's we're, going, we're, we make a beer. Your business Fuck fat cats! <laughs> Take down the establishment! At this, uh, at this point, his partner's just going, please, God, just let it be over. Just kidding. He's like, belly up, IPO, I don't care. <laughs> Give me an exit. <laughs> Listen, I don't care if it goes a billion dollars. I, I just need to get, get a little bit of money and get out of here. Before He's <laughs> like, instantly, I'm selling my shares. <laughs> Uh, this comes from Good Beer Hunting by Kate Bernat, and the headline is so they're able to start writing articles about them now. No, they say th- so. It was that it was the article, and that you know, if you want to know what we're talking about, uh, this goes back to uh, um, our, our last episode a couple of weeks ago. Um, the article they wrote about um, the um, oh shit, I for um, uh, they for, got sued by brew dogs. Well, no, well. I forget what the I forget what the article was, but that article, um, Brewdog claimed uh, violated uh, uh, UK law, and so um, uh, Good Beer Hunting had to pull it until they had some. Had, 
their they, lawyers double check. They, I mean, they are sure that they are within their their uh, their rights within U.S. law, but they're less sure if they're within U.K. law, and so they decide to be on the safe side and pull it. It hasn't come back yet. But if you want to hear what that story is all about, uh, check out our last episode. We should um, just send the podcast link for that episode to Good Beer Hunting and be like, <laughs> for anyone curious about that article, just just send them to that episode. Um. But this, no, this is a whole new. Uh, uh, they, they can still write about uh, about uh, uh, Brew Dog, and the fact that they got a cease and desist probably means that they, like this podcast, is going to cover every time James Watt takes a crap that's a little bit out of proportion. Um, Charlotte Cook, a former employee of Brew Dog, has come forward saying that information she provided to a third party consulting firm, and information that she told was told was going to remain anonymous, was in fact. Not anonymous at all. Shocker. That's why I never trust when your company's like, hey, can you fill out this anonymous form? I'm like, I've seen that play before. Fuck that shit. Deny, deny, deny. Make outrageous counter accusations. Admit nothing. Demand proof. And lie. <laughs> You're this has been <laughs> Tyler's asshole brand on full on full display today. Her, her name and the details of the conversation uh, which focused on workplace safety, her issues with human resources, and the circumstances surrounding her departure appeared in two emails sent from the consulting company, Wiser, to BrewDog. And she found this out, by the way, when information that she gave, information that, again, she was told was going to remain confidential, was more or less quoted verbatim in a press release that BrewDog put out in response to the BBC documentary. Question. Yes. So, because I didn't read the article, um... Was her quote given to BrewDog with so-and-so said this or was it one of your employees said this? None of the above. She was reading the press release and something, the the way that's a set, it didn't mention exactly what it was in the press release, but something in the press release sounded exactly like what she had said. And so what she did was she filed a, uh, she, she filed a complaint under UK um, uh, privacy laws. Mm. Oh, they got stricter ones than America does. Because America's like, you're free, but literally we, we're taking all your data. You're free to do what we tell you, yes. Yeah. Um, but um, they were then forced to provide, to, uh, to uh, uh, release everything that they provided to BrewDog. And that's when she found out that her name, her address... And all the information she... Oh, they got all of it it. tagged. Um, This is what she said. Ooh, that sucks. (laughs) Now, is this a big deal? Well, in any other situation, probably not. Um, Or at least probably wouldn't uh, 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 warrant a a lot of time on a a podcast that's mostly dick jokes and uh, and Tyler being an asshole. Um, But... this the problem is James Watt, and as we've exhaustively reported on this podcast, he blames uh, all of his problems on a small group of employees that have basically conspired to take him down. And of course, he has provided exactly zero evidence uh, of this conspiracy theory, um, and has added inadvertently provided a metric shit ton of evidence to support the idea that he is out of his tiny little mind. And so, yeah, I'd be a little bur- bit worried about uh, uh, if he knew my name and where I lived. James Watt. Make the UK great again. <laughs> um, but it, it also does put some of Weiser's conclusions into question. The whole idea was that this was supposed to be an independent third-party review in response to the first allegations that started to trickle out back in June of 2021. 
The findings that were released in December are mixed. Um, I'll post a link directly to it on our Twitter feed, but uh, a repeating theme was that employees felt good about BrewDog as a company, but the leadership, leadership read fucking James Watt, uh, was a little lacking. When it came to inclusion, the report gave BrewDog what basically amounted to a B+. Uh, when it, but when it came to inclusion, still not bad. But only that was only when it used current employees. Um. When they factor in former employees, that fell to something like a D. Um, which, Gotta love how you can man- manipulate statistics. Which, by the way, um, you know, like the employees that were gay or transgender or whoever else was fired in Indianapolis because they didn't quote fit into the model, right? Yeah, they're probably not going to give a good grade on inclusion, um, but but even like the like the B plus for current employees has to be a little suspect, um, since again this is supposed to be an independent review, and is and it's apparently not as independent as they let on. So at the end of the day, uh, Wiser could face fines from the UK Information Commission office. I was going to say also, how many employees suspected it wasn't going to be independent and hedged their bet and being like. No, no, we're good. There's room for improvement, but we're a solid B. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of the point. Is that is 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 that um, you know, especially since the employees' worst fears are, are are coming to light, which is like, oh yeah, your name was tied to these results. And by the way, if, uh, um, the 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 woman who was uh, uh, there's a couple jobs I would have been fine with my name being <laughs> tied to those results. <laughs> there, you know what? There are there are times when that's that's kind of a thing you want. Yeah, come on, baby. But when the uh, when the uh, um, but when you need that paycheck, uh, when the when the when the head of said company is a a grade a a B grade sociopath and a and a roof molester, I feel like you'd be a little bit more skittish. Yeah, especially being a member of the sex, the opposite sex that he likes to molest on said roofs. I mean. Listen, he's probably been hard up for a while, so he might he, he might even go for you at this point in time. I will gladly sue him for trying <laughs> to poke my no-no hole. Oh, and on that note, Tyler, what do you got for us? What well, do you want to enter the or, or yeah? The let, next beer? Let's hop to the next beer. Speaking of no-no holes, <clears throat> uh, it's a new beer called the Power Cycle from Fort George, uh, a Nectaron Hazy Pale Ale. Whatever the fuck that is. Nectaron is a new is a uh, is a new breed of hop. Oh hell uh, yeah! I've uh, I, I have had this one and um, it's pretty damn good. Fuck yeah! I thought it was like some new fruit or some shit. Nope, new type of hop. Which, I mean, that's that was the first thing I looked up as well. Um, but it's got a really. I mean, this so it's. it's oh my god, it's, that's delicious! It's got a really bright. Almost creamsicle nose. Um, Taking a picture of this because I'm going to tell my boss we need to do a beer with this hop. Um, it's a straight up, I mean, straight up nectarine, um, vanilla almost. I hope I fucking take a picture of the right thing. Uh, for those of you that are now like clenching your buttholes in fear, it is not a milkshake pale ale or IPA. Uh, it is a hazy. Yeah. Um, solid little haze to it, not I, overly thick. I had this a couple of weeks ago. I got weeks ago. I gotta say, it had a little bit of a like a grassy bitter back that is dissipated. That, that I seem to remember that's dissipated. Now it's just super smooth. 
Yeah, again, Fat Kid and Seesaw. Um, see, this one was a super uh, a super limited release here in this valley. So um, if you uh, are just now hearing about it, uh, I don't know. Where did you find it, Tyler? Hops and Bottles. Okay. Downtown Boise. Uh, he said he just got it, like... Within the last day or two. Okay, uh, we already we already powered through the the allocation we got a couple of weeks ago. So oh nice. Uh, they do have another new beer coming out to the Boise market here soon. Um, I know one of the guys from the co-op went over and brewed a beer with them, so that'll be heading here in the next couple of weeks. Good times with Fort George. All right, yeah, Tyler, what do you got? So we're gonna we're going a little positive right now. And I'm not taking, like, Jeremy's, like, STD positive. I'm talking, like, happy news. Hey, I'll, I'll have you know that most of those came back negative. <laughs> most. Uh, <laughs> like chlamydia. It just has a nice name to it. It's chlamydia. It's very soft-sounding. It sh- rolls off the tongue. It should, be a, it should be a car. You know, who wouldn't want to race around town in a chlamydia? I, I see. That sounds more like a moped. <laughs> No, nah, it sounds like a it sounds like a a, a kind of girly sports car, you know, like like the Porsche Cayenne. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, well, we've talked extensively on shitty beer laws across America. Um, it's kind of this. I mean this 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 episode is basically us hitting our all of our high points. We've, oh, we're we've this got, is our greatest hits album. We've got we've got modern times. We've got we've got a uh, 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 brew dog. We've got, which is our latest hit, um, you know, Beer Laws, which is a classic from us. Stone is coming up. Sing it if you know it, people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, outside of directly naming, like, A.B. Bev or Miller Coors, like, and then we have that's more t- talking about, like, the origin of light beer. Like, literally, we cover, outside <laughs> of, like, A.B. Bev suing someone or making a shitty commercial, we, we hit for the cycle. That's but the ABM Bev, uh, you know, that's like more like a hit that for some reason they don't play anymore. You suspect that something went on, but you really don't. You really, you really are not sure. Like, like that they... band broke up, and no one will, not enough people will sign off on the re-release. Right? Yeah, or something. And they haven't burned through the money on drugs and hookers <laughs> to do the relapse tour. Um, yeah. So Minnesota just passed a law uh, where. Uh, they can actually start sell a lot of a couple of the breweries can start selling growlers again, uh, and some <laughs> of the smaller breweries can now sell six and four packs to go. Fucking finally, about three years after growlers have kind of gone the way of the dodo. Yep the beer the bill was called the Free the Growler Bill, and it increased the production cap from twenty thousand barrels to one hundred and fifty thousand barrels to be able to sell growlers and. Uh, Beers through the tap room. Um, so the state's largest brewery, Summit, Surly, Castle Danger, Shells, and Fulton can now sell growlers and still operate a tap room in the state once they hit that 20,000 barrel mark. Uh, so it also included, which was really kind of funny to me, they lumped in distilleries as well. So they can. Uh, there's more to-go options sales at distilleries and small breweries, including standard-sized bottles of liquor and four- and six-pack cans of beer. Damn it. I was hoping you could, I was, you could walk away with a growler full of whiskey. No, but uh, 
and do the that, do that red do that redneck like jug uh, hold where you kind of loop your arm around it and you, yeah there we go uh where they also put in that allows distilleries to have a cocktail room so long as it produces their spirits within the state uh one of their biggest distilleries actually moved to wisconsin last year because of the production limit that would have required the closure of their cocktail room in Minneapolis and said Minnesota's restrictive liquor laws forced them to move. Uh, so, with this, um, there's a lot of just, the article cites a lot of political people being like, you know, we worked with a lot of people in the industry and we just felt that after COVID we really need to give these businesses the leg up Hobla, 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 hobla. So we decided to relook at our shitty liquor laws and make sure that they could do just the basic necessities to survive. <laughs> Where did the accent? You kind of devolved into this like good old boy accent. Like, so we're going to make sure you, 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 you can come on and back. And then we really want a good round of pause so that we can feel like we did something. Now we're going to tax the fuck out of you. And that's okay because you're one of those sinful industries. Mm-hmm. But thank, you, but, but thank you for keeping our economy afloat. The governor said, every Minnesota business, big or small, deserves the opportunity to succeed. And I'm not sure why it was why why every Minnesota politician sounds like they're from Texas. <laughs> that is not a that's not a Minnesota. There's not a there was not a you betcha anywhere in that. <laughs> oh, I know. I I can't do the Minnesota Canadian accent. I'm not sorry. So, I don't know what to say about it. Uh, stop. Stop. <laughs> I'll never forget. So, one of my best friend is from Canada and talks just like a normal human. <laughs> Until he gets drunk. And that Canadian accent comes out real thick. And so, you'd hear it every once in a while. But then, when we finally got an apartment together... His parents were helping us move in, and I went, I was grabbing something, and his mom went to grab it, and I was like, oh, I got it, and she's like, oh, sorry, and I was like, oh, they do say it. I mean, Minnesota's more of a, oh, oh yeah, you betcha. Yeah. You betcha. Oh, you betcha. Uh, and then she was like, oh, a boot to beer in the fridge, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna combust. <laughs> Wait a minute, so you're saying if I airdrop you in the middle of fucking, I don't know, Winnipeg, <laughs> you'll just be like, oh my god, they're seeing a boot, and they're just apologizing, I'm, the, I'm probably the happiest I've ever been since I've I'm been. like, I can be the one in the wrong, <laughs> so, and they'll apologize to me. I mean, this is the best thing I've ever heard since that guy in Maui Brewing was a complete another dickhole. <laughs> so, um, moral of the story... <laughs> Minnesota's actually getting, catching up to the 21st century, getting some more lax beer and liquor laws to help their uh, industry, the craft beer and craft distilling industry expand. Excellent. <laughs> Jeremy, what do we got now? Uh, Stone lawsuit news now. Told you we're doing all of our biggest hits. Uh, Stone very much looks at lawsuits the same way the rest of the industry looks Dude, at I want to know, like... How big of a boner that law firm that works for Stone has. They're probably just like, oh, fuck yeah. Hey, did you hear this one guy was like, Stone's an okay beer. Let's sue him. And and Greg Koch's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. 
God help us if he ever gets a hold of this podcast. Stone very much looks like... Oh, please try to sue me. I will fight that shit in court, and I will sit on the stand, and I will cross-examine the cross-examination and be like, how the fuck was the delicious IPA delicious? My God, I'm going to lose my house. (laughs) Stone very much looks at lawsuits the same way the rest of the industry looks at IPAs. You need at least one, but preferably you got like five going at any given time. Um... (laughs) It all centers around the phrase "keep it juicy," um, which what, what? this one this, this one stuff f- 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 uh, centers around the phrase "keep it juicy." Stone apparently use it on their hazy IPA cans. The only problem is that Sycamore Brewing, which you might remember from their yearly Christmas sex cans, ah, oh, that place was already using that phrase on their cans. So actually, Sycamore sued Stone first. Okay. For copyright infringement. I don't think you can actually trademark a descriptor. So It's a tagline. It was con- But it you're describing what you want the beer to stay. Um but but I mean you you you're onto something there. Stone filed a countersuit calling Sycamore's lawsuit a sham. And it pointed out that at least 3 other breweries, namely Two Roads out of Connecticut and Blue Note out of California and Blue Earl out of Delaware, have used the same phrase on their cans, and Two Roads specifically has been using that phrase for several years, long before Sycamore even. Mm-hmm. Um, to quote Stone's statement, quote, keep it juicy is a common phrase that no single brewer can or should own. But mm-hmm. even if it could be owned, it is Sycamore that has stolen it from Two Roads, not Stone that has stolen it from Sycamore. They added, I mean, we stole it from Sycamore, but Sycamore stole it first, so what I guess we're saying is we stole the Stoli, and you can't stole the Stoli Stoller. I mean... Trademark law is fucked, and I mean, if it, it, it's really fucked when, like, Band-Aid, perfect example. That is a brand name. Correct. Of a wound adhesive It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a adhesive stripped. Yeah. Uh, and, but they became so synonymous with that product. That they lost their trademark through no fault of their own besides being too good at their job. And so are have basically become the generic name for that said item. Except for on some shows they still say adhesive stripped. I think uh, like every once in a while you'll watch a television show. and Maybe it's to be ironic that they'll say uh, 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 adhesive strip or something mm. like that. I haven't noticed that but I um, could have missed there's a couple. I've noticed a couple of them. It, it mentions it. But I remember I had to sit through something. It was actually talking about like trademarks, and they're like, there's certain things you can't trademark. You can't trademark a descriptor for that item unless it's unique to that item. So you can't trademark the color blue. But if in Boise State's case, you can trademark the color, a colored field or the color blue on a sporting field. Because so, no one's been dumb enough to combine the two. Well, they were the first to do it. I mean, There's, no, no one was dumb enough before. Yeah. And so they were able to trademark that. So now any other sporting team that wants to color their field has to get Boise State's approval first. Wait, any color? They have yep. They have exclusive they rights. They have the exclusive right, to, rights to a blue-colored sporting surface or a colored field. Of any kind, outside of obviously green. I think green's yeah. still up for grabs. Green, green is that's that general descriptor. But I mean, so you so can, like Eastern Washington that has the red football field, 
had to get Boise State's approval and pay them a royalty. Oh, fuck me running. Anyway, before I be, before I go uh, uh, leave this room and go defecate on the blue, um, I'll kill you. <laughs> oh, you're just pissed off you got a subpar education. Um, uh, I got a great education, I just don't use it. I was going to say, I got a great education and I actually use my degree. I went to the best. And we're in the same industry. I went to the and best. And I think I make more. I went to the best journalism school in the country, uh, uh, and I, I I just don't use it. Um, <laughs> Again, it's like being the tallest midget. <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, so that's the what, before all that, that, that. That's just the lead up. So here's the actual development that happened this week. The two came to an agreement to drop all suits. Basically, both sides are walking away. No harm, no foul. Um, some lawyers made a shit ton of money, but that's about it. Well, and you'll probably like a decent amount of money. And you'll be happy to know that Keep It Juicy is free to use. That's right. Pretty much any brewery can slap the phrase, Keep It Juicy, on their cans. Or you could use something good. Your call. But, you know. Like Lil Wet, Lil Drippy. <laughs> Please do not put Lil Wet, Lil Drippy on or your can. Frothy. Please don't put frothy on your cans. That's... If someone does frothy on their cans, please send me a fucking can of that. And I will shotgun it on the podcast. And that is a... Th- there you go. There's yet... A- like, and I'm not talking someone just fucking hand crawlers one of their cans and prints out a fucking fake label. No. I want, like, mass-produced labels that are sitting on grocery store fucking shelves. You won't... If you... you- what if someone does just send you a can of beer that's just frothy, scrawled across Then I'll it? just drink it. You'll still drink it, but you won't shotgun it. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'll have to do because he's not not man enough to shotgun a, a, a full crowler of questionable beer. If Jeremy shotguns it, I don't me. shotgun. I'm a, I'm mm-hmm. an I'm an I'm an adult. Tyler, what do you have for us? Oh, wait, so they just dropped it, like, that article fucking fell flat? That's it. That's the end of that. Like, I was expecting Stone to, like, try to do, like, a beer where it's like, fuck sycamores. Fuck sycamore trees. Not yet. Nope. That's that's the end. They they, 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 they both basically said, they just, they both dropped their suits and been like, okay, never mind. We were, we're sorry we brought it up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the well, only reason it's worth mentioning is because Stone and lawsuits. I mean... They have to have a punch card. Uh. <laughs> that was their free one. They were like, oh, let's... We, hey, we got one. We, we, They're like, we got one burning a hole in our pocket. <laughs> Anyone? Sycamore? Yeah, sure. I mean, Sycamore did start it. Let's be fair. Sycamore did start that one. So... <laughs> but, I mean, let's face it. You sue Stone, they're gonna sue you back. Well, let's talk... About The Godfather. Joseph. Good two movies. The third one was still inexplicable to me. Ah, the third one sucked. The third one, the only problem with the third one is that Pacino let Pacino out, and he Pacinoed the fuck out of that movie. Yeah, but the thing is, Pacino let Pacino out, and Pacino got paid more money than we'll ever see in our lives, so who are we to judge? I mean, there's look. There's only so much Pacino that you can have in a movie before it's it's like say hello to my little friend. Listen, all right, it, it's got a time and a place. All right, Scarface, Pacino. That's that 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 is a big. Let bowl. all the Pacino run. That's that's a big bowl of chili Pacino. You should you should put all the Pacino on that. Something like the God dash Fa- a little on. You know, Godfather is something more subtle. You need just a, like a sprinkle of Pacino. Mm-hmm. You know, you can quickly overdo that dish. 
And he and the third one, yeah, they the, the cap came off and it pacinoed all over that. Someone fucked with the restaurant with a little pacino shaker <laughs> and like loosened the cap so when you went to dump it on, it just went Bleh! Exactly. There was a there was a mistake and there's pacino all over the table. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Alright. Well, we're gonna meet the godfather of Light beer and potentially craft beer. Uh, Joseph Awadez was a biochemist from New York City uh, that was a Jewish immigrant that whose family immigrated from Europe uh, pre-World War II. Uh, Jesus. And actually, they immigrated from where is now modern-day Ukraine... Uh, one of the family members said, but they aren't Ukraine. Right. Which, I was like, semantics, okay. Uh, but, he uh, is the guy who is credited with creating light beer and the process to make light beer. Um, so, he turned centuries-old brew how, brewing know-how upside down in the 60s when he developed the process for brewing a full-flavored beer with fewer carbs and calories. They're talking about Miller Lite. Am I, am I, am I right you about You are correct, but it didn't start out as Miller Lite. I mean, I, I, I take issue with the... I take an issue with full flavor, but go on. So, Tastes Great, Less Filling eventually became the tagline that represented his creation. Now, can you copyright that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, because it's generic... Enough in the description while being specific. Trademark loss fucked. Uh, so, uh, which he was able to see light beer become the national phenomenon and see kind of what his creation was able to do before he died in 2005. Um, but one of the things that really kind of caught me was uh, his tie to craft beer. Anchor Brewing, Samuel Adams, and Pete's Wicked brand each had reached out to him and had him actually come and teach them and train them in brewing um, to help them become successful. Hmm. So they hired him as basically like a consultant. Um I mean, it sort of makes sense in the early days of craft beer because, well, I mean, the, uh, because, I mean, aside from home brewing, it's not like it is now. There was nobody who knew how to do this shit. Nope. So they hired him to teach them basically the technical precision that they could pair up with their passion, uh, which uh, Sam Adams founder uh, Jim Coke uh, called Owada's a mentor, and actually spoke at his funeral back in 2005. He said he was our brew father, the first, the only, and the best. Uh, which, I'm like, how the fuck have I never heard of this person? Um, but some, he was the son of an immigrant clothes cutter uh, whose parents immigrated to New York City, arrived at Ellis Island in 1905. Um, they held passports from the former Austria, Austria-Hungarian Empire. Holy uh, shit. <laughs> yep. Uh, 
they were Jews from the Pale, is what it was written as, a multinational area of Eastern Europe before the World War One generally before World War One generally tolerant of Jews, but largely impoverished. Uh, he was decided started having a mind of science, decided he wasn't gonna be in the super labor intensive industry of cloth cutting like his father was and decided to start a career as a scientist but because of his jewish background wasn't able to actually get into any of the ivy league schools even though he had basically the grades the brains to do it they were basically at their jew quota (laughs) which is terrible to fucking say but i mean but listen this is what 1915 at this point in time 1925 yeah uh, you know, it listen. <laughs> so he uh, went through uh, New York City public schools, moved to the City College of New York, uh, New York's lowest cost public university at the time. Um, he earned his PhD from Brooklyn Polytechnic Institute and embarked on a career in food science. Um, he became an executive at Rheingold Brewery in Brooklyn. Uh, which dominated the New York beer market for much of the 20th century. Um, And this is where he discovered brewing beer with an enzyme called amyloglucosidase, which breaks down the sugars that the natural enzymes cannot. Uh, And so since it breaks those down that the natural enzymes in the grain cannot break down, uh, it makes it to where the yeast can eat the sugar during fermentation, converting it into alcohol, and uh, the enzyme gobbled up more of the sugars, meaning that fewer calories can actually go into the beer, but it produces a higher alcohol. I mean, I kind of want to break this down for, I mean, someone who might be listening going, what the fuck is he talking about? I mean, um, you know, the the way, the basics of brewing is uh, barley naturally contains, when you, mul- barley, wheat, what have you when, you, when you malt it, naturally contains enzymes. You can imagine um, uh, the the carbohydrates, these long chains of carbon, hydrogen, et cetera, et cetera. Best way to put it, these four beer cans are carbohydrate. You're going to do a visual aid on a podcast. Is that no, what you're no, doing? No. Is, that, is that what you're doing right now? <laughs> I, I'm just kind of okay. explaining it. Uh, the enzymes can break this line of beer cans yes. by either knocking the two ends off or splitting it in the middle. down the middle. Um, but we're talking. But there, there are natural enzymes that, that do that, and this was an additional enzyme that broke it. And basically, I mean, the, the, the goal of brewing is to get is to con- create simple sugars out of complex carbohydrates and complex sugars that yes. yeast will not eat. So, uh, they, it then posed another problem. It creates less carbs and calories, but it produces a higher alcohol mm-hmm. than the typical yeast were producing, uh, which proved not to be a problem because he came up with the solution by adding carbonated water. To water it back down to four or five percent, um, which I think AB and Bev still to this day kind of follows, huh. where they high gravity brew this beer and then water it back down to the correct level to then send off. I did not know that they added uh, just carbonated just carbonated water to to water down their beer. I mean, it, now that I say it out loud, it doesn't truly surprise me, but so. Um, 
But the great part, part of the reason why all of a sudden light lagers took off, not only was it easy to drink, but it saved money and produced and boosted productivity. Instead of having to spend $600 million on a new brewery, you could spend $100 million on a high-speed bottling line and double the capacity of a brewery uh, by implementing these techniques. You know, and actually, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded, at one point in time, you know, they were ta- someone was talking about, uh, someone was doing a talk about, um, about brew house efficiency. Essentially, mm-hmm. the idea of, of uh, uh, you have... X amount of grain, you should be able to get, you know, Y amount of sugar out of that grain, mm-hmm. and the amount of sugar you actually get is your efficiency. So, I mean, um, that you know, for most home brewers, you're rocking around seventy to seventy-five percent. You start scaling up to your commercial microbreweries, you're eighty to ninety-five percent. Yeah, depending. Um, but he mentioned that um, that Budweiser was was actually over a hundred, mm-hmm. um, and. The use of this enzyme suddenly suddenly makes a lot of like oh because you're I've, I I never I never truly understood why that I mean I, I understood the in concept why it would be over a hundred percent but I didn't understand the mechanism and so that actually yep. makes a lot of sense. So uh, what's crazy is Rheingold basically failed to capitalize on this. They promoted the beer tepidly as a low calorie alternative to traditional beer. Doesn't taste like it doesn't fill you up, read one poorly worded ad. <laughs> uh, so what's it taste like? <laughs> uh, but they decided they were going to do... Uh, they were going to release this product, but from a safe distance. So they created a shadow company called Forest Street Brewing. ABM Buffett knocked off this tactic. Uh, yeah. Uh, and marketed the new brew as... Goblinger's beer to avoid sullying their flagship brand name. They were afraid of blowback, said Stephen Awadis, uh, who was a teenager watching his dad work. Uh, and so, under the codename Jupiter, they began blind taste testing this against Rheingold's flagship lager at the 1964 New York World's Fair in Queens. Uh, the consensus was Gablinger's scored higher than Rheingold significantly higher um they apparently loved the taste of the low calorie beer but rheingold couldn't sell it so why couldn't they sell it uh they just didn't have them they couldn't wrap their heads around it to actually try to push it I mean, they so, had the rights. Essentially, essentially, because of what you mentioned earlier, because of that poorly word, it tastes like it doesn't fill you up. Mm-hmm. Because they had somebody who was about as good as marketing as, well, me. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, he Awadas, facing no ob- objection, decided, following the failure of this beer, brought the light beer concept to Peter Ham Brewing of Chicago. It was marketed as. Meister Brau Light, a low-calorie version of the flagship brand Meister Brau. Um, and it slowly built a cult following among working-class uh, enclaves of the industrialized Midwest. Uh, hmm. When Miller was getting ready to then purchase... I, I, w- I wouldn't think those people would be watching their figure. When Miller was getting ready to do their purchase and doing their due diligence in 1972... They noticed Meister Brow Light wasn't doing well. Except there was one 
place that really stood out. And it was the blue collar bars south side of Chicago and White Sox territory. And then they'd also see similar anomalies in other cities where they sold this, where that blue collar working class area would do really well with this beer where the rest of the city couldn't. So they decided to go to those areas and talk to people at bars and ask what they liked about it. And they said, because it tastes great and has less filling. And it oh kind of <laughs> it kind of struck a light bulb with them. So when they completed the purchase, uh, they rebranded the product as Miller Lite and threw all their marketing muscle behind their that innovation with the ad, great taste, less filling. And then they decided to partner with NFL stars, NFL coaches, manly looking guys drinking it and saying, great taste, less filling. And then soon enough, in the 80s, sports fans packed the arenas and began clamoring over it. And actually, there are stories this article mentions where they were in the half of the stadium would yell, taste great. The other half would pair it back. Less filling. <laughs> and it went viral. And all of a sudden... Now, the most common beer in America is the American Light Lager. Is La- the American Light Lager. It's been superseded by Bud Light, you know. Which Anheuser-Busch was notoriously opposed to doing at first because they thought it was going to be a fad and then be outsold Budweiser Original. Um, and, now, and now by several times. Oh, yeah. And so, um, what the ironic part of the end... Awades was not a beer drinker. He didn't love alcoholic beverages as a concept, said his son. Uh, It was an interesting science problem to solve. He had an expert palate and nose, but he was not somebody who loved beer. I mean, I would assume that the person who who created uh, uh, the American Light Lager at least was indifferent, but but more likely had a vendetta against beer. (laughs) But a little backstory on kind of... Yeah, How the light lager and the American craft beer revolution are tied together in more ways than just the at-home drinkers were like, we want something to drink besides Bud Light, Miller Light. <laughs> and, I mean, so he created the product that made uh, made uh, 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 the people of, you know, Santa. Uh, he created his future consulting career. I mean, basically had a whole bunch of people going, do you have something that doesn't taste like basically water? And he's like, oh, I can help you brew that shit. <laughs> That's easy. Uh, Tyler, do you have anything else for us today? Yes. I do. Um, first, I uh, started watching on Netflix the hall where they're inducting some past, some dead comedians into the com- Comedy Hall of Fame. So, in honor of that, George Carlin's shit piss fuck cup, cocksucker, motherfucker, motherfucker and tits. Uh well, I've been on a kick just saying that uh, last couple days because they're all fun words to say. So I figured that used to not be able to say it on radio. Good thing we're not on radio. <laughs> Still can't say at least. There's a bunch of those. A shit, I think, is sort of okay in moderation. Mm-hmm. Piss, uh, piss. You can. You Again, you probably get away with it on certain uh, shit. Piss, piss, you can. Fu- fuck, definitely no yet. 
ship his fuck cunt in. No. No, I mean, not definitely. I think cunt not is in the U.S. Cunt is actually worse than fuck. Uh, motherfucker, definitely not. Cocksucker. Cocksucker. Um, tits. I think you can get away with tits on the right program. Yep. So, um, but the other was what I mentioned earlier in this uh, article. It was a screenshot of a tweet that says, "Hot take: Budweiser is more craft beer than half of all breweries." As in. Budweiser is above is an above average craft brewery. I know you're saying what the fuck. Listen, same goes for most macro brands. They're run by shitbags, so they fit right in with a not insignificant portion of craft breweries. I mean, unfortunately, that has proven to be the case. The uh, the 99% asshole free has proven to be absolutely incorrect. But that's all I got for today, Jeremy. What about you? Uh, just a uh, just a, uh, a a a vague feeling of uh, moral decay. So this has been it's all beer. Uh, you can get a hold of us. Um, we are on Twitter. Uh, it's all beer one. Uh, we post uh, we post uh, uh, all of our stories online. Uh, uh, I occasionally get in some Twitter fights, um, you know, here and there because it, it that's what Twitter exists for. It's, you know, it's fun. Uh, I post pictures and fun stuff on Instagram when when they come up, um, and which go to our Facebook page, uh, Instagram, Facebook. It's all beer. Um, if you like to get a hold of us, uh, we're at it's all beer at gmail.com. Um, and if you'd like, if you'd like to leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. Uh, you can find us uh, uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Facebook. Well, we can leave a review on Facebook. I tried putting the podcast up on there. Uh, it was confusing. It didn't work, and I think I got like I think two people, two of you downloaded on Facebook before uh, before they shut that shit down. So, <laughs> so you know, I, it was actually kind of funny. I think on some on, on some podcast group, they're like, "Hey, what was your experience on Facebook? Like, didn't work. Got t- didn't work. Nothing. No one downloaded. Got tired. Fucked off." <laughs> and then they scrapped Facebook podcast. And they face and they scrapped it, and then, and I didn't notice. So you know. It was it was a blow. It was a blow to the two people who prob- who tried and probably failed. But anyway, you can still leave a review for the podcast on Facebook. So if you are so inclined, and that'll be uh, quite enough from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm Emma Beer. Have fun.